everyone. Welcome to the Bulletproof Hygiene Podcast, where mistakes are welcome, nothing is off limits, and growth is inevitable. I am Sharissa Wood. I'm Brittany Simon. And we are putting our brains together to bring you the tools you need to elevate your hygiene practice, build amazing team culture, and provide patients with the very best care. Our mission is to help empower and equip every hygienist to practice purposeful, profitable hygiene. We look to guide you on your journey towards career fulfillment by providing support, collaboration, and community to our profession. As two of the top producing hygienists in the country, we know firsthand that these things lead to sustainable and fulfilling practice and the happy side effect of high profitability. So let's get to it. Hello and welcome to another episode of Bulletproof Hygiene. We hope you are having a wonderful week with your patient care. And um, the title of our podcast this week is I Don't Know. I know that sounds odd and a little funny. It's something that I've been bumping up against lately. And I think if we're all honest, we all bump up against often in not only our hygiene world, but also just our day-to-day life. So it's something I felt like we should be talking about. And I really feel like there's almost this underlying mentality that we as adults, as professionals, as independent, successful people, that we should know all the things. And I mean, as children, we went to the adults, right? That, you know, went to our parents, our family members, our teachers, our coaches, our mentors. We went to all of them to get our questions answered and really learn what life was all about. And as children, that socially seems acceptable and expected. But as adults, it can sometimes feel like we're perceived as less than, uneducated, or even dumb if we don't know something. And and to prove my point, how many times have you either said yourself or heard another adult say, can I ask a stupid question just to soften the blow of looking like you don't know something? And before I get too far down this rabbit hole of nonsense, because if you've listened to us before, you know that we do not embrace this mentality in the least. We believe that life is a process of learning. It's stretching and growing. It's hills and valleys. It's ebbs and flows. Honestly, not knowing and being okay with it is part of that process. But I just, I really wanted to just be vulnerable today because I think hearing someone else say it brings community and commonality. And I don't know all the things I, let me just say this. I don't know all the things and it's okay. It's honestly unrealistic to think that we will ever know everything, but if we're not growing, we're dying and growth means learning new things, delving into what we don't know and embracing something foreign and new growth and change can be really uncomfortable and feel unknown and scary. The danger is thinking we're alone in those feelings or that experience. And that's why I wanted to talk about this today, because I think we all sit in this little valley from time to time, but the danger is that we feel like we sit in it alone and we look around and we think, well, everybody else seems to know what they're doing. And, you know, I always, I talk to my, my high school girls that I mentor, you know, as they scroll through their phones and and look at every, what everybody else is doing and what everybody else's life looks like. And they get this sense that, you know, everybody else seems like they have it together. And I'm like, ladies, that's everyone's highlight reel. Like it's not reality of what's really going on. And we, I think the lie is that we are the ones, we're the only ones who don't know and aren't sure. And the reality is we all sit in that together. So I just kind of wanted to come around that today and, and talk about that and just acknowledge that we, we are all in this together. So the question is, what do we do with those feelings? 
How do we face the challenge of having to say, I don't know? Who do we lean on? Where do we go? And in all honesty, I wanted to talk about this topic today because in the last few weeks, I have been feeling really ineffectual as a hygienist. Um, In January, we enrolled the new HR5 salivary testing, and I have been disturbed by my findings as I am testing not only new patients, but many of my recare and perio maintenance patients. And I'm realizing that what I thought I was doing with my non-surgical therapy hasn't been quite as effective as I'd thought. And those patients that present healthy clinically have, as the transformers would say, more than meets the eye. And Brittany, this is how you know I'm an old lady boy mom because I'm quoting Transformers. You knew I would laugh at this part. (laughs) You're such an old lady boy mom. Why are you such an OLBM right now? Yeah, I'm sure like all of our millennials are like, what is she talking about? But if you look (laughs) up Transformers, their tagline was more than meets the eye. So there you go. Um, And that's honestly, that's what I'm seeing. I'm like seeing these patients that are presenting clinically healthy. And then we're looking at salivary tests and I'm like, they've had some bad stuff happening in here. And I can't look away from the fact that that puts them at risk for systemic stuff. And it's just the, you know, it's the moment of when does their immune system tank and then allow this to start a foothold. So I've just, my eyes are being opened and I'm just kind of like, oh my gosh. So on top of seeing salivary tests loaded with dangerous pathogens, I've seen several patients that have come in with sky high blood pressure just in the last few weeks. Um, They're either suffering diagnosed sleep apnea and, you know, just aren't a good fit for CPAP or not willing to wear it or patients that I suspect to have airway issues. I'm seeing diabetic patients with high A1C that don't monitor their blood sugar, patients with high cholesterol and obesity, kids with tonsils the size of golf balls and limited airway, patients with serious GI issues and likely gut dysbiosis which we know runs their immune system. Patients who haven't had a physical in years and have no idea what their health status is. And I'm staring into the gateway of it all, seeing inflammation, redness, and bleeding, knowing they're breathing these pathogens into their lungs, swallowing them into their GI tract and pouring them into their bloodstream with self-imposed home care bacteremia. Mm -hmm. And I'm overwhelmed. Rant complete. (laughs) So... I've driven home uh, several days lately thinking to myself, what am I doing and what do I need to do differently? And I'm facing, I don't know. And it feels really uncomfortable and scary. And patients come to me for my expertise and guidance. And how do I look them in the eye and say, I don't know what to do for you. And in some cases here, I, I clearly do know what to do, but it's more so how do I communicate this in such a way as to help the light bulb go off in their head? Mm-hmm. And in some of these areas, I don't know quite yet what to do. I'll be honest with that. And then here's the rub on all of it. I don't know what to do yet. Yet. We can face the unknown and uncertainty and just sit in that darkness feeling alone and unsure. We can even throw in the towel and decide like, I'm done. Enough is enough. I'm tired of constantly feeling like I don't know and being asked questions I don't know the answer to and feeling embarrassed when I don't know how to answer them. Or I can take this uncertainty on as opportunity for growth and I can face it head on and accept this new challenge. I can get comfortable in the uncomfortable and come out stronger on the other side. Hey, Bulletproof Hygiene listeners, we have some big, exciting news. We are proud to announce that our 2022 summit is happening in Nashville, Tennessee, June 3rd and 4th. 
Come join us for a weekend of growth, learning, and collaboration. We'll be taking deep dives into team culture, leadership, hygiene systems, and patient care and education that bring fulfillment, career success, and practice profitability. This course has the potential to change the trajectory of your career and help you practice at the top of your game. If you missed us in 2021, trust us, you don't want to miss this. Visit BulletproofSummit.com to get all the details and observe your spot. We can't wait to see you there. Yep, so here's our advice on what to do in the I don't know moments. And it's not a 12-step plan, but we think it's solid advice. So the first thing is, you know, with as with most things in life, the, the number one way to start effectively working to remedy or make something better or make something more functional is to start by embracing it. So acknowledge and accept that there's something you don't know and make it okay in your own head. So say it out loud to yourself, to others. It's okay to tell your patients you don't know. And being honest and vulnerable brings connection and makes us relatable. No one likes a know-it-all, but we all love someone who's there for us and is real and will offer us help to figure it out. So be honest and work through it together. Um, and then Teresa, did you want to give an example of yeah. well, to reality for you? Yeah. So I think what you said is super important. I think we've got to acknowledge it in our own heads of like, Hey, I don't know this and it's okay. Mm -hmm. And acknowledging it to others is a big deal too, because here's Mm -hmm. the thing, what I don't know, you might have the answer to. Mm -hmm. So if I just keep that inside and I don't really put it out there and I don't admit, Hey, I don't know this, then I'm not going to get the answer I need. But if I can go to the people around me and say, Hey, I don't know this. What do you Mm -hmm. know about this? I can get that answer. And I think it's so important to be vulnerable with our patients too, because again, like there is that fear of like, they're coming to me because they think I should know, I should be able to give them the advice, but I don't always know the answer. And when I can say to them, Hey, I don't know that, but I'll help you find the answer. Well, we can do this together. I think that creates more community than anything else. And I had an example. I actually just saw a patient yesterday and I've been seeing her and her husband for years and she came in and, you know, how's life catching up. I started my assessments. And when I did my periodontal charting, um, she had pretty generalized four to five millimeters with inflammation, you know, very light bleeding, but definitely the tissue looked rolled and, and pretty angry. And I was like, Hey, this is not normal for you. We haven't seen this before. What's changed. And she's like, really nothing. And, you know, I started going through all the questions, you know, what's stress level been like, how's nutrition? Are you sleeping? Um, she did say, um, I, I have started having some hot flashes and I'm like, okay, so maybe there's some hormonal changes going on here. And we know that makes the gums more susceptible to bacteria. So, um, yeah, so, you know, we just kind of start thinking through that and I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. And patients, you know, that stress, Britt, where patients look at you and they're like, why is this happening? I haven't changed anything. (laughs) So I was like, I honestly don't know what it is, but here's what I do know. I can't see what's going on bacterially with my eyes. So why don't we do a quick salivary test and figure out what is going on and see what's going on from a bacterial level? And she was like, oh, okay, okay. So, you know, we took her sample and we rescheduled her in a couple of weeks because I said, I I really want to kind of know what's going on before we decide what we need to do about this. So um, she left. And then at the end of the day, my one of my um, admin team members came and she was like, hey, I meant to tell you that patient called back and she 
said she ended up going to her physician this afternoon and they put her on an antibiotic. So she doesn't want to, she doesn't want to move forward with the salivary test. Can we cancel that? And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Okay. So I actually called the patient and said, Hey, I wanted to check in. I knew you called, tell me about, you know, you going to see your primary care doctor. And she's like, yeah, well, after I left, I just started thinking more about it and thought, you know, I have had this like sinus thing going on for like two weeks. And I just, it's not going away. And I just haven't really dealt with it. And I was like, I wonder if that could be part of it. And I was like, oh, for sure. So she went to her, she scheduled an appointment, went to her doctor and um, she said they actually COVID, COVID tested me and I'm positive. And oh. I could tell she was like really nervous telling me this. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I've, ex- I've been exposed so many times. I've had it already. I don't care. We're good. Don't worry about that. She's like, okay, good. Um, she said, so I don't really know. I don't know if it's the COVID thing. I don't know if it was a sinus infection. I, I just don't know. She said, so they put me on an antibiotic and I asked her what it was. And I said, well, let's do this. Let's stick with this game plan. I'll cancel your salivary test for today. Um, you go ahead and finish this round of antibiotics. You know, let's get that all cleared up. I'll get you, you know, you're already scheduled to come back and see me in a few weeks. Let's just reassess and see where we're at. If we still have inflammation, then we can do a salivary test. Um, The antibiotic they put you on is not one we would typically use for oral pathogens, but at least we know what's going on. And now we have some answers. So I use that as an example to where I'm looking my patient in the face going, I I don't know what's Mm -hmm. going on, but I know it's different. And, you know, that can feel really uncomfortable, but it was a catalyst for her to leave and think more about it and be like, you know what, there is something off. Let's go get that checked out and get some answers. And I just think that's a perfect example of when we can say, I don't know, and be uncomfortable with that and just be really honest, that it helps you almost partner with that patient for them to kind of dig in too and get yeah. curious. So yeah, I just it, gives them, it gives them the opportunity to be curious on their own behalf. And I wanted to like really circle back to the part about, you know, I think that some of us, especially as healthcare providers, feel like we have to know it all, but it's impossible for us to know it all. Yes. And that's like Google exists and we can search, you know, different medications and there's different um, like search modems for these different things because we're not encyclopedias and we can't know it all. And we can't know these things as they're developing and as science is evolving every single day and as new research is coming out, we can't know all of it. Right. And, yep. you know, we said no one likes to know it all, but, but really I have this feeling of like, I have to know it all. But when I think of people who think they know it all in my life, I immediately get this feeling of like, that's, I don't want to talk to you. Like, I don't, I don't want, it's not pleasant, like having an interaction with that person. So like, it's funny that we all want to be that, especially, you know, the people who struggle with perfectionism and feel like we have to, in order to be good people or smart or perceived a certain way, but it's like not a relation relationship building thing. It's a relationship, like stifling thing, right? you know? And like, if, if we can't ask a question or we can't be in a position where we are willing to admit that we don't know it all, doesn't give anyone else an opportunity to come in and help us. It's the same thing as like gift giving. You're, You're giving someone else the gift of helping you. That feels good to them. Right. It's like, it feels good to us when we get to help someone else, you know? So like, I I remember that Confucius quote, the man who asks a question is a fool for a minute. The man who does not ask is a fool for life, you know? So, and it's not even foolish, you know, it's not foolish to ask a question. It's, it's, it's uncomfortable, but it is foolish if we don't know the answer, not to ask at all. And then we never know the answer. Well, and I, and I think, I don't know if you bump up against this, but I feel many times when patients start asking me like, well, I don't understand, like, how can I have this? I I had a patient um, who was in, who said to me, she's like, I mean, it's, it's only been six months. Like what, 
and I'm thinking in my brain, knowing what I know, I'm like six months is a really long time for a lot to change. But, um, you know, anytime a patient asks that, like, I almost feel like, and maybe this is just my own filter, like, but I almost feel like it's like this blaming. They're like looking at you, like in this angry way of like, well, I don't understand. I haven't changed anything. And I almost Mm -hmm. feel like it's this projection of being put on me of like, you're telling me I have a problem and you, now you have to tell me why I have it. And I think it's, I don't, do you feel that sometimes? Yeah, I do. And I think that's a little bit of something that we put on ourselves because we know that the facts are like, I can't control this disease. Like no one can, there's all these determining and influencing factors and it just like is what it is. So honestly, I used to struggle with that a lot and like feelings of guilt for like their clinical change and having to give a patient the news that their clinical health changed. But then I started thinking like, yeah, you didn't have a cold last week, but you have a cold this week. Like you're sick now, things change, you know, you didn't have high blood pressure last week, but you do now, like our bodies change, you know, there are so many factors. And, and I tell people even, you know, if your mom and dad at this age had this triggering event that, you know, started the onset of active periodontitis, now you're reaching that age. Like there may be something in your genetics or something that's like triggering the same response in your body. Like I, I honestly, at this point, completely take it off of myself. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm like I, next to zero I, percent. <laughs> I think that's healthy. And I think we have yeah. to do that because I will even mm-hmm. say yesterday, like when I sat her up and it was like, something's changed. This isn't okay. Like there's, there's something going on here. Like you could even see it in her facial expression. Like she wasn't happy mm-hmm. and she, you could tell like there was this hesitation and, and that's okay. Again, we talk about that a lot, like patients realizing there's an issue and accepting that doesn't always feel good to them. It's not going to feel good probably ever to them. So it's okay for them to sit in that, but look what it did. Like that was a catalyst for her leaving and thinking more about it and being like, okay, maybe something isn't right. You know, let me really think through this and then getting some answers. So very normal response. But I think the problem comes when we assume that that response is our fault. Right. You know, it's yeah. my fault that that person feels this way. It's my fault that this happened to this patient. It's my fault. We take on their feelings. We take on their response and it's just not. And, and right. reality is we don't even know what she was thinking. She may have been thinking, wow, Sharissa is making this up or Sharissa didn't do a good job in my last cleaning. Or she may be thinking what the heck has happened in the last six months or what the heck is going on in my body. Maybe curious about all that stuff, but really it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we can control it and we don't know right. it unless they say it anyway. Right. You know? Well, so like, why take all that on? Yeah. And it was interesting because she didn't say anything about that sinus thing to me right. in, in our time together. So it was, it was, it was just interesting. That is interesting. So the second thing that we can do um, is recognize this as an opportunity. So letting ourselves get curious. Um, I can honestly say that as I enter my 10th year of doing hygiene. I am more passionate and excited now about what I get to do every day than I was even just five years in or a few years in just slinging profi pace, talking about fillings and doing the basics from day to day. Um, On the other side of not knowing is where we find fulfillment and purpose. And that's really across the board. I don't think that's specific to dental hygiene. Yep. When you feel the heavy sigh slip out from feeling unsure or less than in any arena of life, pick your head up and set your sights on what you need to do to grow in that area. So dentistry and medicine are constantly growing. Technology is constantly bringing new information. So salivary diagnostics, gut health, microbiome, et cetera. Yeah, I feel like there's so much coming out right now Mm -hmm. that we didn't know before. Like, 
And to me, the side, the salivary diagnostics thing is a big part of it, getting to actually see bacterially what's going on. And I'm super excited. Like I am on the edge of my seat waiting. I know Dr. Neighbors talked about when I did my podcast with him that they are working on a handheld device to be able to assess uh, pathogens in the, in chair side in like 15 minutes. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I cannot wait for that to come out because it gives so much information, you know, and I, I talk to patients about, Hey, you know, when you, you know, you have those patients that don't want to take x-rays. And so as you're educating them and, and we've talked about this before, and I've stolen this from you, cause I just think it's so awesome is the concept of an iceberg, you know, that you, and this is, I've stolen this from you. So I've been using this with patients, <laughs> like, you know, when we take x-rays, it's because your teeth are a lot like an iceberg. We can see, you know, the, the top 30%, but the 70% that's below with the bone and the root and all of that and, and where your teeth touch each other, we can't see. I'm not Superman. I don't have x-ray vision. So we use our x-rays to be able to get a big picture of what's going on and making sure everything's really healthy. In the same way, I cannot see these tiny little bacteria that are all gathered up underneath the gum line and in the tissues and on the tooth. So I've got to be able to see what's going on to deal with this effectively. And that's where salivary diagnostics come in. So I think you know, not knowing things is really an opportunity to be like, okay, I don't know this, but I can. Right. And, you know, I just think it's realizing it as that instead of feeling like I'm a failure because I don't know is where it's at. Yeah. Yeah. And it comes down to sometimes something simple, like phoning a friend or visiting the Google. Yeah, for Um, sure. And, and that is so often what you and I do like on a daily basis. Like you and I, I, I think that we have like a really unique advantage, but it's one that's been intentionally kind of like built. And we've kind of designed this for ourselves of like, we call each other every single day after work. And we're like, Hey, I had this case. It was tough. It was weird. It was uncomfortable. I had this conversation with this patient. I didn't know where to go from here. I had this salivary test that I wasn't expecting that outcome, or I'm doing everything you know, that I know to do. And it's still not enough. Like, what would you do in this scenario? Or this is the patient's med history. And just kind of like, you know, spitballing things and and bouncing those things off of each other, I think gives us such a unique strength and advantage in our daily practice, because I feel like we're constantly like evolving and kind of changing and pivoting as, as we're growing as individuals and we're kind of like growing collectively. And I think, you know, it's, it's easy, but sometimes uncomfortable because there's so many resources these days. So like Yes. I think it's so important to form community. So like our mighty network that we talk about all the time, that app that you can download, you search bulletproof hygiene and get connected with us because we're constantly asking questions and, and everyone is like, <clears throat> everyone is like, what has worked for you in this specific Avenue? And it goes for hygiene leads. It goes for, um, you know, just clinical hygienists, anything that you're thinking about anything that you're struggling with, anything that you're stumbling over, you might not even realize, you know, the value that you can bring to the table. You might just be there for a question, but then you comment on someone else's post and they real, and then you realize like, oh crap, that's actually a really valuable tool that I know yeah. that yeah. we've now kind of like exchanged here. And it becomes this like really more comfortable level of exchange and kind of like just growth. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be like, I, I'm going to use this as an example. We just got a message this morning from a hygienist that I've been talking to for a while who was like, Hey, what are you guys doing on blood pressure? Like, what are your limits and how are you talking to patients about that? And what are your views on that? Like, it can be the smallest thing, Mm -hmm. but it can be a game changer in how you practice and how you communicate with your patients. So community is huge on that. And I feel like there's so many opportunities for community now, because obviously we're here, but 
Um, you know, you can always come see us in, in person too at our summit. Um, we do a mastermind group that comes out of our summit. That's kind of something that's offered. That's a really cool thing. Or just like doing a study club within your area. Um, or even developing a study club within your own practice, like with your fellow hygienist to be like, Hey, we don't know about this. We want to know more. Let's dig in together. Um, I think that's one of the coolest ideas to kind of build each other up and learn things together. Um, I think I, I see a lot, I follow a lot of dental, um, posts and just other hygienists and dentists on social media that post a lot of good things. I know we've had, um, Dr. Uche on with us for a couple of podcasts and I follow him and he's always putting stuff out that's like new and relevant and exciting and makes you think. And so I just think we're in such a great time with everything that's available to us, um, that I just think community is huge. And on a side note, I want to say too, I know, yes, we're talking about hygiene specifically, but we're also interested in just life in general, but you know, when we don't know how to do something in life and, you know, sometimes that's more of a, like, you're going through some personal stuff or you have some issues, like not knowing forming community is huge in that and having people come around you and say, Hey, I've been there. I know how to get out of that. Or let me support you. Like that's huge too. So Mm -hmm. support groups, therapy, like all of that is so important in the process of growth and development. Yeah. Because some of those things I think can teach us how to ask for help and we need to learn those foundational things before we can go ask for help and get specific in our, in a professional environment and feel good and safe to do that, you know? Yeah. Um, of course, it always boils down to if we want to understand something more, there's always the option of taking courses, classes, and choosing to become an expert. But I think if you struggle with perfectionism, just remember, you don't have to be an expert on everything. You don't, you don't have to be perfect to start implementing or doing something. That's something that I remind myself of all the time. And then when you don't know and you don't want to become the expert, refer to the expert, which is what Sharice and I do in our podcast all the time when we have guests guest speakers and guest podcasters here is like, I don't, you know, I don't know very much on this. So let's invite Uche or let's invite Dr. Craig or let's invite Ashley, you know, treatment plan coordinator. Or let's invite someone who specializes on this topic because what, why do we have to go in and reinvent the wheel and learn everything if it's not going to apply to our daily lives or not in, in, in such an impactful way that we need to know everything A to Z on this topic, you know, let the expert be the expert and just use them as a resource. There's nothing wrong with that. And I think too, I think this is a good opportunity for your specialist that you refer to, Mm -hmm. you know, when you've got a case and you're looking at, you know, you've got a patient that's been in perio maintenance, but they're not really maintaining and you've tried all your tricks, you know, that's the time is to get somebody else involved. And Mm -hmm. it's okay to say, I've done all I can. And now I don't know what else to do. I'm going to refer you to somebody who does. I think that's an important thing. And I feel like sometimes there's a fear in that too, of us, you know, feeling like the patient's looking at us thinking, well, I did all the things you told me to do and it's still not better. Like, Mm -hmm. again, we have to take that off our own shoulders and be like, Hey, the the thing is I did do all the things I knew to do for some reason. You're not responding. Let's get somebody else involved that knows more than I do. Like there's, I just think there's so much value in that. Yep. And, um, I know. Brittany and I are super excited. We are actually next week doing um, a preceptorship for the Bale Deneen method, um, which is so much about just total health and wellness and being able to treat our patients completely. So um, I just wanted to point out that, you know, we, we practice what we preach. We are taking some courses that um, are going to grow and stretch us. And there's a lot we don't know. So I just want to encourage you as listeners to get involved. Um, get curious, 
think about what you don't know and figure out how to know more of that. And whether that's phoning a friend or, you know, joining the community or taking courses, do what you need to do, because I truly, truly feel like that's where the magic happens. That's where the fun is at. You know, you get unstuck, you feel, you know, like, you know, more, you can share more with your patients. And it's just, I think that's what, what makes it fun. Absolutely. So I want to wrap this up with saying, hi, I'm Sharissa Wood, and this is Brittany Simon, and we're here to say, I don't know. <laughs> Everybody have a great week and come, vid- come visit us on our Mighty Network and let's chat and figure out what you don't know and let's meet in the middle. Everybody have a great week. Bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Bulletproof Hygiene Podcast. We hope you've had as much fun as we have. Don't forget to click subscribe for a lot more where this came from. We appreciate your support and promise to keep the hygiene gems coming. Keep track of upcoming Bulletproof Hygiene events by visiting bulletproofhygiene.com or download the Mighty Networks app and search Bulletproof Hygiene to stay connected. We want to hear from you.